Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sniffin' Lines with Hunter Mickles. I appreciate you guys tuning in to my fifth episode, I believe. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today. It was This was a big week of college football. I told you guys, week four, it looked like a great week. It looked like there was going to be a lot of a lot of good games out there, and there were a lot of good games out there. If week five is anything like week four, we're in for another great weekend. We're talking about a lot of games today. A lot, a lot of games. So we're going to dive straight into it. Like I said, I appreciate you guys listening. Let's get into the first game. This one happened Thursday night. It was Coastal Carolina versus Georgia State. I had over 63. This one was a W. Started off the weekend with the W. Coastal won 41 to 24. Game started really hot. They scored 28 points in the first quarter. Problem was, it was 21 to 7. Coastal got too big of a lead early. They sat on it. They ran the ball a lot. Grace McCall, absolute stud. Played really well for Coastal Carolina, but he got hurt in the third quarter. This game, early in the fourth, was starting to look like it wasn't going to hit the over. They got really lucky. Georgia State had a 80-yard pick six, which really, really pushed the over. And then Coastal Carolina's third-string quarterback came in and broke off like a 45-yard run, which led to like a 35-yard touchdown, I believe, for or not a, another 35 yard run by Coastal's running back and then they they uh they crossed the goal line for about a 5 yard touchdown to hit the over 41 to 24 starting off the week 1 and 0 that was a good start for Thursday night moving on uh we had Kansas minus 8 and a half I got that line earlier in the week I wish I didn't that's uh, kind of shitty but we also had Kansas minus 7 so we went 1-1 one one this game since Kansas ended up winning 35-27. Very well should have been 35-20. We should have won two both bets in this one. Unfortunate that we didn't, but it is what it is. Jalen Daniels, though, I've been telling you guys for the past two episodes that Jalen Daniels is an absolute stud. you got to watch out for him. He went 19-23 for 23 for 324 yards and four touchdowns while also running the ball 11 times for 83 yards and a touchdown. This guy is an absolute stud. He had 407 yards total offense with five touchdowns. He he was literally the only reason Kansas won that game. Problem was, though, their defense gave up 463 yards, which they're definitely going to need to figure that out if they want to compete in the Big 12 because they definitely have the offense to do that this year. So they definitely need to figure out the defense a little bit. Their secondary got burnt up pretty bad. Is what it is. Kansas offense is one of the best in the nation. They have 27 touchdowns this season. That's tied for first place in the FBS with Ohio State. Uh, Kansas is Kansas is for real if they can figure out that defense a little bit. 4-0 for the first time since 2009, I believe. Kansas has a real shot at running the Big 12 this year, guys. Let's just, just keep that in mind. Moving on. Clemson, minus 7. This was a heartbreaker. Clemson definitely probably should have covered this one pretty easily. They kind of played lackluster once they got a 14 nothing lead. They got shut out on six straight drives. Uh, not acceptable. 
for a number five team in the nation, whatever they are. They absolutely dominated besides the pass defense. They didn't run as well as I thought they would. They only had 188 yards on the ground. I was hoping for 300-plus. I mean, Wake Forest can't stop the run. If it weren't for Will Shipley's 53-yard run to start the game, I mean, they would have they would only had 140 yards on the ground. That's unacceptable against a bad run defense. Uh, they're really lucky DJ played the best game of his career. 26 for 41, 371 yards and five touchdowns with another 52 yards on the ground. DJ played outstanding. That's what Clemson needs in order to have a real shot at making the playoff this year. Uh, If he does that again and he continues to play like that and if the defense steps it up a little bit, they'll be all right. They had like 115 penalty yards, a lot of those on holdings and defensive pass interferences. So they can figure that out. They'll be all right. They walked away with a 51-45 win at Wake Forest. Very big win. Very big win for them. Uh, next bet we had was Michigan minus 17. This was this was a loss. Very well could have been a win. They Michigan won 34-27. Honestly, I credit Maryland a lot. They did not let J.J. McCarthy play how he wanted to. They dropped eight into coverage almost every down and just told Michigan, if you want to beat us, you're going to have to run. You're going to have to show that you can run on us. And Michigan did that. Blake Corum had 30 rushes for 243 yards and a couple touchdowns. Might have been more than a couple, honestly. I'm not sure. Three, maybe. Uh, Corum, that was the best game of his career. That, he, he played really well. Only reason Michigan won that game. J.J. McCarthy definitely going to have to step it up when uh, teams – throw pressure at him like that, or not throw pressure, but drop people back into coverage and show adversity for him, he's definitely going to have to improve because he's going to play some good defenses in the Big Ten that are going to see that on tape and they're going to they're gonna take advantage of it, especially this next week at Iowa. All right, moving on, Mississippi State minus 30. Not much to talk about in this one. They covered, they won 45-14. to 14. Will Rogers bounced back big time. He had six touchdowns, like 400-some yards. Mississippi State covered for us. Moving on, Michigan State plus three. Still really not much to talk about in this game. Michigan State's really bad. Really, I thought they'd be pretty solid this year, but they cannot run the ball worth a shit. Only like 40 yards on the ground. Michigan State sucks. They're, they're really bad. Mo Ibrahim, well, I think that's how you pronounce his last name for Minnesota, the running back. He's one of the best running backs in the Big Ten. I'd say probably the third best back in the Big Ten behind Travion Henderson from Ohio State and Braylon Allen from Wisconsin. Mo is a stud. He had 22 rushes for 103 yards and a touchdown. Could have been a lot more if they just weren't running it up the middle and trying to just bleed the clock. Minnesota walked into East Lansing, just dominated them, beat them 34-7. Texas Tech, plus seven. They won this game outright at home against Texas. I said they probably would. They won 37-34 in overtime. Rush defense did what was needed to win this game. I said that's what was going to be the only way they'd win the game is if they slowed down B. John Robinson from Texas. That's exactly what they did. Uh, Only 149 yards total on the ground for Texas, which is really good. I think Robinson only had like 101 of those. Donovan Smith for uh, Texas Tech had 331 yards and a couple touchdowns, 43 yards and another touchdown rushing. Donovan Smith played out of his mind. That's the backup quarterback for Texas Tech, let me remind you. 
good player. They're going to have a little QB battle when uh, their starter comes back here in a couple weeks. I'd like to see what happens there. Texas Tech plus seven, that's a W. Moving on, this one was a heartbreaker. Should have been a win, but it unfortunately it wasn't. Tennessee minus ten and a half, very tough, no cover. They won thirty-eight to thirty-three, but they're up thirty-eight to twenty, I believe. Uh, or like going early in the fourth quarter. I'm not like ten minutes left. I mean, Tennessee secondary got eight up in the fourth quarter. Anthony Richardson had 453 yards and two touchdowns, and another 62 yards and another two touchdowns on the ground. I mean, Tennessee, they got a legit offense, but if they want to compete in the SEC this year, like I think they have the opportunity to. That secondary needs to improve big time because teams are going to take advantage of uh, how badly and how po- like how poorly they played. They played really bad. Anthony Richardson hasn't shown much this year. hasn't hadn't thrown a single touchdown coming into that game. Threw for two, ran for another two. Tennessee's got to improve a little bit and on defense if they wanna they want to compete in the SEC. Like I said, their offense is totally fine. Hendon Hooker, holy smokes, this was a Heisman game right here. Three hundred forty nine yards in the air with two touchdowns and another one hundred and twelve on the ground with another touchdown. It's 461 total yards and three touchdowns. Hendon Hooker, I've been saying it since the very first episode, Hendon Hooker is one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. If Tennessee can go 10-2, and 11-1, Hendon Hooker has a real shot at winning the Heisman, which I know is tough to believe, but I'm telling you right now, Hendon Hooker is a stud, could win the Heisman. Moving on. Washington State plus six and a half. Holy smokes, did this almost get bad, fellas. They're up 27-15 going into the fourth quarter. I I stopped paying attention, to be honest with you. I thought I thought it was a lock. They believe it was they ended up giving up the lead. They're down like 36 to 44 or something like that. 37 or 37-34, something like something in that score range. And they throw a pick six, and next thing you know, they're down 10. They're not covering anymore. I'm like, what in the world is going on? Luckily, they had a big drive with like 15 seconds left and broke into the end zone to cut it to three to cover the six and a half. But boy, would that have been really bad. I would have been really, really upset. Never would have bet on them again because that would have just been pathetic. That would have been a heartbreaker. But luckily, Wazoo plus six and a half covers for us so hopefully you guys followed that one moving on Arkansas plus two this one was a heartbreaker I mean I pushed but if you guys uh, didn't get the pick in until Friday I'm pretty sure the line moved to plus one and a half at that point so that's kind of a heartbreaker for you guys but let me tell you they lost this game 23 to 21 but man it all came it all came down to one play 14-7 14 to 7 with three and a half minutes left in the second quarter. Arkansas had a real chance to make it 21 to 7. KJ Jefferson, I love the guy. He's a stud. He's going to continue to do great things for Arkansas this year. He tried diving from the three yard line on first and goal, and he got stripped. And then the play just went sideways from there. Texas A&M starts to return it. I'm sure you guys all saw this. They start returning it. He gets to the 20-yard line, gets stood up, makes an unbelievably smart play. Not very dangerous just to hand it off backwards. Hands it off backwards to his teammate. 
Teammate takes it the rest of the 80 yards, touchdown. Instead of 21 to 7 Arkansas, it's now 14 to 14, and AM had all the momentum in the world from that point on. Their defense played lights out from that point on. Their offense still sucked. I mean, Max Johnson is a horrible fucking quarterback. He, I don't know how the hell he's a starter for an SEC team, but good lord. Arkansas secondary is one of the worst in the nation. And it is the worst in the nation, actually, going into that game. They were giving up the most pass yards in all of FBS. And Max Johnson threw for 151 yards on 11 completions. Like, what is Texas A&M doing? Recruit a damn quarterback. It can't be that hard. You guys pay your players a million dollars each. Good Lord. Jimbo Fisher, overrated fucking coach. That's all I got to say. I hate A&M from now on. Arkansas should have won that game by 30. Both these bets should have hit really easily, but Max Johnson sucks. Jimbo Fisher is a pussy. Doesn't know how to change his, doesn't know how to change his playbook. Moving on, over forty eight and a half in the A and M game. I just talked about it. I mean, Arkansas rush attack still. They did what I expected. They had two hundred and fifty yards on the ground. They just didn't capitalize. That fumble completely ruined the over. It completely ruined Arkansas plus two. So. Yeah, I said what I said. I hate Jimbo Fisher. I hate Max Johnson. He's a horrible quarterback. All right. Had to get that out. All right, moving on. This is going to be the last bet I go over on the show. Oregon State plus six and a half. Uh, They covered. USC's defense, though, played great. Like, I I talked a lot of shit about USC's defense on Friday's episode. Uh, They honestly... They played how they had to play to win that game. If it weren't, if their defense played like they had the first few games, they would have lost that game. Oregon State would have ran away with it. But instead, they forced four turnovers and just shut Oregon State down once they touched 14 points. You got to credit them. You got to credit Lincoln Riley with what he's doing in his first year at Southern Cal. I mean, forced four turnovers. Offense had zero. Their turnover... Turnover differential now on the season is plus 14 through four games. That's unheard of. Like, they keep playing like that. USC has a real shot at winning a national title. Granted, their offense didn't look that good in their first test against a real good defense. So, I don't know. We'll we'll see, I guess. But if that offense gets on the level like they had the first few games and that defense plays like they did on Saturday – Look out for USC. They could be real good here in the future. Walked away with the 17 to 14 win. All right, those are gonna be, those are the only bets I'm gonna talk about uh, on this episode. I had a few more. Uh, in general, the picks I gave on the show. So if you guys would have followed them, they went five, seven, and one. So another under 50 percent week. We'll. Just, but you got to think about that though, guys. I mean, Arkansas plus two very well should have been a win. So, right there, six, seven, and oh, the over in the Arkansas AM game, guys. I mean, if they didn't turn that ball over, Arkansas scores 40 points, no doubt about it. Right there, that should have been a that could have been a W. So, just like that, seven and six, Oregon State Wazoo both wins. That Clemson, or excuse me, that Kansas minus eight and a half very well should have been a win if their secondary didn't give up that touchdown to make it 35-27. I mean, Clemson as well, guys. Like, there were some games on Tennessee as well. This, 
we were a few plays away from going nine and three guys, nine and four or whatever it would have been. But instead I go five, seven and one for you guys. That's my bad. We'll bounce back in week five. Plenty of good games. I like already. I'm already on five different games right now. So hopefully you guys follow those. I'll give those picks at the end of the show. Uh, but my total with added picks on the week was nine, nine and one down three units because of the game of the week, Arkansas A&M over 48 and a half down three. I think it was three and a half units is what I went down this week. That's all right. I won it back Sunday. I didn't put any picks out for the NFL because I don't know them, know it that well. I got some picks from some friends. I followed them. I won some money, went up about, I went up eight units this week. So we'll take that. That's a great week. All right, moving on. We're going to talk about some potential upsets. We're going to or we're going to recap the potential upsets, excuse me. Starting off with the Oregon State game, just talked about it. That's a tough loss, you know. Nothing you can really do about it. They they're that close if you t- took their money line, which I I almost did. I'm going to start sprinkling money on every money line for the potential upsets from now on. That that's a heartbreaker, 17-14. As well with Washington State that's a heartbreaker, 44-41 loss when they're up 27-15. They got outscored outscored 29-14 to in the fourth quarter, and it was 29-7 to if it weren't for that last-second touchdown that they had to make it a three-point game. So that's a tough one. And then Texas Tech, 37-34-W. I mean, I went one and two on the week for potential upsets, a lot better than the previous week. I mean, one and two... It very well could have been 3-0, and guys. So I'm going to keep doing research on these games. I'm going to keep giving out the potential upsets, games to look out for, games to sprinkle a little bit of cash on the money line or at least on the spread. So hope you guys are enjoying that segment because I really do like looking those games up and doing the research and seeing what I should pick. All right, um, we're going to talk about uh, a couple other notable games um, that – happened this week and boy middle tennessee state went into miami which granted isn't that hard to do like they don't have anybody go to their games because they play off campus but chase cunningham for middle tennessee state went 16 for 25 for 408 yards and three touchdowns and let me tell you he had a 98 yard touchdown a 71-yard touchdown, a 69-yard touchdown, and another passing play of 89 yards. He had he threw all over Miami's defense. Miami's defense looked horrible. Josh Gaddis, Miami's offensive coordinator, that offense is really really bad. Tyler Van Dyke is their starting quarterback. He got benched cuz he was went he was 16 for 32 with like two picks or something like that. Tyler Van Dyke is not the answer down there. Josh Gaddis, I'm not really sure what he's doing. He looked a lot better at Michigan. I'm starting to think he might be a little overrated, might be a little overrated of an offense coordinator down there. So Middle Tennessee State, 45, Miami, 31. Another game, Ohio State, 52, Wisconsin, 21. Boy, oh boy. We're going to start off with Ohio State's offense is really, really good. Really good. C.J. Stroud, 281 yards and five touchdowns. Travion Henderson, 21 rushes for 121 yards. Their backup running back had two touchdowns and like 100 yards on the ground. I mean, 
it's like Ohio State's good guys, but Wisconsin, on the other hand, they might be kind of they might be kind of bad. Uh, this the Big Ten West looks like it's a race between Iowa and Minnesota right now, and I think Minnesota's probably going to win that race. I think Minnesota's really damn good this year. They have a really good chance of being like the 2015 Iowa Hawkeye team. I could see that happening. Running the table, they have a pretty easy schedule. Their only ranked opponent on the schedule uh, from this point on is Penn State at Penn State. That's going to be a tough one, but I think they can win that game. I mean, Minnesota could very well be 12-0, and a top eight team, top ten team going into the Big Ten Championship. So don't forget about the Golden Gophers. But going back to this Wisconsin game, Wisconsin doesn't look good. Ohio State looks really good. Ohio State hasn't had a defense for the past how many years? They, ha- I'm pretty sure they have a defense this year, guys. They look good on the defensive side of the ball. And that's exactly what this team needs to win a national championship. So look out for Ohio State. They could very well compete for a national title this year. Past years, I know they made it like two, was it two years ago when they played Alabama in the national title and they got absolutely pissed on. It's because they didn't have a defense. They didn't have a shot going into that game. Everyone knew Alabama was going to score at will on them. That's what they did. Ohio State kept it close for about 15 minutes and boom, defense was done. Alabama went all over them. This year might be a little different. Ohio State could be an actual title contender. All right, last game we're going to talk about, Kansas State at Oklahoma. I mean, I said it last week. Kansas State's probably looking over Tulane and looking ahead to Oklahoma. Well, they lost to Tulane, but that's definitely what they're doing because holy shit did they look good against Oklahoma. I hate hate, hate that I'm going to admit this, but Adrian Martinez looked damn good on Saturday. 234 yards in the air, one touchdown, no interceptions, and 148 yards and four touchdowns on the ground. That is a hell of a performance. That's 382 yards on the ground, or 382 yards total with five touchdowns. Oklahoma's defense, I was talking them up, Man, they still might suck. I don't know. They they have some problems up front. Their front seven's kind of weak. That got exposed on Saturday. And teams are going to realize that and they're going to they're going to keep picking at that until Oklahoma fixes it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Season's not over for Oklahoma. They got a defensive-minded head coach. I'm sure he's gonna he's probably going to fix that. I mean, their offense still looked just as good. Defense is the main problem. Their front seven isn't very good. Brett Venables is definitely going to have some work to do if they want to compete for a national title or at least even the college football playoff this year. Dylan Gabriel still looked real damn good. 330 yards in the air, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, but he did miss some receivers at key times, which is a main reason they lost this game. There were plays that he needed to hit a wide-open receiver to move the chains on third down, and he'd underthrow them. I'm not really sure what he was doing, but... He underthrew a lot of receivers on on Saturday, and I know his stat line looked good, and he he did look good besides those throws, but that's something he's got to fix because they they probably would have walked away with this game decently easy if they would have converted more third downs. All right, those are the other notes. Oh, and actually, no, one more I want to talk about, just because I'm going to talk about this team every every week, Iowa Hawkeyes. 
Iowa went to Rutgers, beat them 27 to 10. Defense had two touchdowns, one first off of the Cooper DeGene, uh, pick six, about 45 yarder, and then a KV on Merriweather, fumble return for a touchdown. And so defense scored 14 points, offense scored 13. But that's not the whole story there with the offense. The offense looked all right in that game, and that's better than what people were honestly hoping for, I bet. I mean, Spencer Petras didn't have the prettiest stat line. Don't get me wrong. I'm still not a big Spencer Petras fan, but he made some damn good throws on Saturday. He had a long one to Laporta. He put it right in the money, right or right on the money down the sideline. That was a hell of a throw. That's a throw that he's going to have to continue to make in the future to make teams respect this offense and the deep ball. And also made a couple throws on the run that really impressed me and are, like I said, are throws that he's going to need to make in the future to, number one, extend drives on third down and make teams respect our passing game to open up the run game. We have two great running backs. I still believe Caleb Williams should be our number one because he is an absolute stud. And then LaShawn Williams is just just as good on the ground. He He's a really good player. He runs hard. He's fast. He can run someone over. Him and Caleb Johnson are a good one-two punch. Those need to be the one-two backs in the future. If Petrus can throw the ball in situations like he did against Rutgers on Saturday, Iowa can beat Michigan. And leading into that, we're going to talk about my early week five lines. And one, we're going to start it off right here. Iowa plus 10.5 at home against Michigan. Michigan guys looked beatable on Saturday. They really did. Especially if a good defense like Iowa watches a week of tape on them. And that's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to see what Maryland did. They're going to see Maryland dropped eight guys back into coverage every single play and made their run game beat them. The problem here, guys, Michigan beat Maryland on the ground. They could they could do that because Maryland's not very physical. Iowa's not going to get pushed over like Maryland did in the run game. Iowa Iowa's front seven is very, very good. They got Jack Campbell leading the charge at middle linebacker. Their defense aligned a bunch of studs, Noah Shannon, Lucas Van Ness, you can Joe Evans, you can just keep naming them. Iowa's got those guys up front. That is going to make it a hell of a game for Michigan. Michigan's offensive line looked kind of iffy on Saturday, and I think Iowa's going to take advantage of that. Not saying they're going to win. I think Iowa keeps it close, loses, make, could definitely lose by a touchdown or so. I don't think they get blown out at home. This is a, reven- a revenge game for Iowa, too. You know what happened in the Big Ten Championship. Iowa's coming in for blood. I'd, lo- I'd watch out for Iowa plus 10.5. Moving on, we got Florida State, Wake Forest over 66. I mean, you guys saw how Wake Forest moved the ball on Clemson's top five defense in the country. Like, their their pass game is really good. Sam Hartman, really good. Even their rushing attack looked improved on Saturday, which is exactly what Wake Forest needs to do in games. I see Florida State keeping up with Wake Forest offensively because Wake Forest defense is so bad. I see this game being about like 40 to 37 with the over hitting pretty damn easily. I even, I Florida State opened at five and a half. 
I liked it at five and a half. I think Florida State wins this game by about eight or nine. The spread's up to like seven and a half, eight right now. I don't like betting it at that, so I'd stay away from that. I do like the over at 66, though. I like it all the way up to 69. So anywhere from 69 down, I love the over. Moving on, Kansas plus three and a half. I'll tell you why. Iowa State's not that good. They really aren't. I know they beat my beloved Hawkeyes, but Iowa State's not that good. And Kansas just got Jalen Daniels, guys. Like, Jalen Daniels is a stud. I don't – Kansas is my favorite team to watch in the country right now after Saturday. Jalen Daniels is my favorite player in the country to watch. I love him. I think he dominates Iowa State's defense, runs all over him, throws all over him. I think Kansas wins this game at home. Look out for the Jayhawks. 5-0, and baby. Moving on, Mississippi State, minus 3.5 at home against Texas A&M. Will, Rod- Will Rogers bounced back. I-, I was real hard on him after he went into LSU and played like absolute shit. I was real hard on him. It was good reason to be hard on him. He, he was not good at LSU. But, boy, he bounced back against Bowling Green. And granted, I know it was Bowling Green, but he – threw the ball all over the field like he normally does. Six touchdowns, 400-plus yards. I don't see A&M going in there and keeping this game close. I think Mississippi State bounces back. I like Mississippi State a lot this year. I think Will Rogers leads them to a pretty big victory over A&M this week. And then last pick of the early week five lines is Liberty minus five and a half. They play Old Dominion. Old Dominion's defense is really bad. They're not good. They got the win last week against Arkansas State, but they didn't cover. I put that one on my show. I apologize for it. Uh, But I got Liberty minus one and a half. I think Caden Salter, I talked about him a couple weeks ago. He can throw the ball. He can run the ball. I just think he has a great game against Old Dominion's defense on the road. And Old or Liberty wa- walks into Old Dominion and just beats the shit out of them. Wins by about 10 points. Liberty minus one and a half. All right, guys. I believe that is everything I have for you. Nice 30-minute episode. I could have went a lot longer. I had more stuff to talk about, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to save that for Friday's episode. And I'm also going to have some more picks for you by Friday's episode. So, Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I appreciate you guys listening. I love you guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of Stiffin' Lines with Hunter Mickles. Peace out.